Howdy. Welcome to another episode of Cannon Calls. This week, I had the opportunity to speak with Master Sommelier Bobby Stuckey, who owns several restaurants in Colorado. And we talked about his brand new book, Friuli Food and Wine, that you can find anywhere books are sold. So without further ado, meet Bobby Stuckey. Now welcoming on special guest, Bobby Stuckey. He is an American sommelier with a distinguished career in restaurants in his home state of Arizona, where he worked his way from dishwasher to management, establishing his position as one of the leaders in the hospitality industry. Bobby, thank you so much for giving us your time, sir. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. I wanted to... Uh, well, you, So you're here to talk about your book, uh, now Friuli Food and Wine. Did I nail that pronunciation? Yes, you did. Okay. All right. So before we get there, though, I kind of wanted to get acquainted with with you and your story. Was the hospitality business something you were always about? Did you work in restaurants as, as a kid? Uh, I started working in restaurants as a 13, 14-year-old dyslexic, punk rock, a troubled high school kid. Okay. And uh, as a kid who really struggled to be average in school, I tried my hardest and the best I ever was was average. Okay. Uh, from about kindergarten through college. Okay. Uh, it was delightful to be in the restaurant business in high school and find something that I could excel at. Was school something, uh, you know, you tried your best at it. Is it something, though, that, that delighted you? Did you like it, even though you had to work hard at it? It's just not an interest of you to you at all, either. No, I enjoyed it immensely, okay. and I wanted to be great at it. And I just happened to, through traditional learning at that time period in the U.S., um, I was just kind of fell through the cracks, and it was really hard for me. What I tried really, really hard. What was it in terms of restaurants that you loved? I think it was something that, it's funny, I remember the night I was being trained to expedite. I was in high school, I'd been busting tables for about a year or two, and um, the guy training me was probably a college student, which seemed so much older than me, when you're like 15 or 16. Right. And watching him have a meltdown, training me on a really busy Friday night, me being able to look at all the tickets, and it just seemed normal. It seemed like, oh, I could move these tickets around. This is back when you wrote the green tickets. Okay. Yeah, I just felt like, oh, this is good. I know how to do this. I can figure this out. I understood. So for people who, who haven't worked in the, in the hospitality industry, that setting that you just described, that you said you're the, the guy training you, that's that for the a lot chaos of chaos on Friday night. That for a lot of people is, is too much. Oh, yeah. But for you, you, you felt like you were in the zone. You were there. Yeah. It's okay. funny. My lo- my younger brother has only worked in a restaurant once. My my younger brother, by the way, is brilliant. Okay, he's the exact opposite student of me. Okay, um, he's incredible. We're very very close. We're born on the same day, two years apart. We're best friends. We look at the restaurant business completely differently. Okay, he jokes about his first time being in the weeds. It was. 30 some years ago and he's still stressed out about it <laughs> and uh, he ran away from the industry immediately and I was the exact opposite. Yeah. So, I, cause I imagine, you know, there are people that like, you know, they, they take it home with them. They're in the shower and they're like, oh no, I forgot, you know, to take that condiment to that table or, you know, something like that. It could be a lot for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did you, uh, in terms of like when you left high school, did you 
you went on to further school. Was it all about hospitality? Yeah, I, I, went, to, uh, I went to Northern Arizona University okay. uh, in Flagstaff, Arizona. Got a degree in U.S. history up there. Okay. Which is ironic because my mom <laughs> likes to make fun of me. She's like, Bobby, you're a dyslexic guy. Getting a degree in U.S. history, you do know that's a lot of reading and writing. And, you know, when you're an 18-year-old guy, you want to argue with your mom. My mom was like, well, why don't you get a degree in hotel restaurant management? NAU has one of the top programs in the country. That right there is this, the synopsis that an 18-year-old male might be one of the dumber creatures out there. Or at least I was. You're not listening to Yeah. You were like, how about I just go memorize a ton of dates? How about that instead? Yeah. Okay. So that's what you're doing in school, but did you maintain restaurants? Yeah, I kept working in restaurants the whole time. Okay. Awesome. And so where were you working at inside of those restaurants at the time? Were you up front? Were you doing kitchens? Yeah, I was in the, in the, in the front of the house. Okay. Now, at some point, so looking through, you know, just spending time on your website and other things like that. Now, you, you worked at French Laundry, which, which is nothing to, to bat an eye at. There are a lot of people. I know that that's a place where TikTokers will go during pandemics and, and eat and drink and stuff. But like, can you, how did you get to French Laundry from U.S. history graduate to French Laundry? Can you, can you well, fill it in? Yeah. So, I, you know, I, this is you know, a long time ago when there weren't a lot of sommelier positions. I left Arizona and went to uh, Aspen, Colorado, okay, to be a sommelier at the Little Nell. I started off there as the assistant sommelier, and then eventually became the wine director there. Wow, I was there a long time. Some nice things happened, and then 21 years ago, Thomas Keller and Laura Cunningham, uh, who run the French Laundry, they wanted to expand the wine. At that time, the wine list was predominantly a California wine list. They wanted to expand the list and um, to an all-world list. I had done that at the Little Nell. And I got the job and I feel very lucky. It was wonderful working for Thomas and Laura. And I really could have done two things. I could have either worked for Thomas and Laura for the rest of my life. That would have been fine. I loved working for them or do my own restaurant. And um, I ended up choosing to open our first restaurant, Frasca, uh, 17 years ago in Boulder, Colorado. Okay. Now, you mentioned that you became a, a master sommelier. That feels like along the lines of, uh, you know, rebelling against sort of that, your mom's advice, because from what I understand about becoming a master sommelier, that's, that's, that's very hard. There's a lot of study to that. What, what was that experience like? You know, I thought it was a great journey. I, I never did the MS for the pen. Okay. I did it for the journey for myself. So it took me a while and I didn't, there was some heartbreak there for sure when I was failing and having to pull myself back up and keep plugging away. But I always, my wife and I would always say, we're doing this. I was doing it for myself, not for the pin and what other people think. And I think as long as you do that, you just chart your time and just let the journey happen. It's a much more positive experience. I see too many people just trying to race to get it done. And then they get frustrated. No, it's a, it's a total journey and just embrace it. So by that time, were you fairly seasoned in, in the restaurant world? Was it, was it really just the, the study side of it that was slowing you down? But other than that, you were like ready to go. That was, that was along the same lines as what you've been doing. Well, I think anything takes a while. Um, I was very advanced in my career when I finally passed. Okay. And that's pretty much how it should be. You know, okay. like if you're mastering something, you've got to be at it a while. 
Yeah. We like to talk about craft cocktail, craft beer, craft coffee, but we forget to talk about the craft of yourself, craft of this business. It should take time. It should take decades. And it, it did for me. And that's, that's fine. I didn't have a problem with that because that's what it should be. Yeah. It took me a long time as you know, that's a lot of information to digest. It wasn't the studying that was hard. It's just getting enough reps to be able to taste comfortably in a stressful environment with six wines less than 25 minutes. What Now, when you, you were sort of mentioning just like taking care of yourself and maturing yourself into that role, did you find that a lot of your classmates, were they a lot younger? Were they a lot younger in the, especially maybe even naive in the business or fresh in the business? No, no. no? Okay. But back then, it's a lot different. Like there was a, definitely a demarcation line in wine service from the movie Psalm documentary okay. that brought so many people in. Got it. Compared to the people who went through before that, where it was more, more veterans that were doing it. Okay. Now, as far as your experience of French Laundry, which sounds ultimately very positive, was did it feel like in terms of chaos, did it upgrade the chaos or was it, was it neutral? How, how, how was that experience in terms of chaos? Oh, it's the, it was the easiest job I've ever had. Really? Okay. Awesome. Because everyone there was there to do the mission statement. Everyone had drank the Kool-Aid. You weren't going to be there if you weren't there to be excellent. Got it. And if you put a hundred employees that are focused every day on that goal, it becomes a very easy environment. Now, the hours were long. There could be stress in the dining room because it was a high expectation. But it is a very positive environment if you're into striving for excellence. So now your decision to start your restaurant, and you said you're in, are you still in Boulder? I live in Boulder. Okay. I have two restaurants in Boulder and two in Denver. Um, okay. I'm in Denver right now because I'm working tonight at Sunday Vinyl and Tavernet. Okay. Now, uh, in terms of like the experience you brought over to your own, to the restaurant, you mentioned was, the title was Frosca. What was that like starting your own? In terms of uh, you'd kind of always been front of house. What was the transition like to to owning and, and operating? Oh, it's just a different journey. There's just so many different expectations from fears and and concerns and caring for your staff. And it's just different. You can never be an employee and think you truly know what the ownership is going through. Okay. You just can't until you've done it. And it's just one of those things. I thought I was a very took a lot of ownership as an employee, but it's just a different level. That's fascinating because I think as I look upon my very limited time in the food business, one of one of there's a bonding aspect of sort of uh, for better and worse, complaining about sort of ownership or you know you kind of bonding as an employee, and then you know you seeing the other side of that. W- what was the biggest thing maybe that uh, that took you by surprise? Well, my father was an entrepreneur, so I I always understood where how his preparation was. Okay. But the amount of preparation to be a great owner every day, every week for the next week's business, looking at it, it's just, the, I think the thing that is so different is that it really, uh, ownership is, I, I really love it, but it's something you have to be able to be a part of your life 24-7. Okay. There's a sense of like looking ahead, not just maintaining the moment. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, I'll give you a great example. Like uh, this year during COVID. Oh, wow. Yeah. If we got two employees test positive, 
you've got to close the restaurant for three days to five days and lose $100,000. Not just me, any restaurateur in the country was waking up every morning going, do we have another, did someone test positive? Is someone going to test positive? Did they behave? I mean, like you had to worry that your employees were doing the right thing on their day off. Right. And not going over to a friend's house and drinking beers with six people in a small apartment. Like those, those, those actions were going to affect the whole business and little things like that happen all the time. Can I ask, so as a, you own several restaurants at this point, can I ask what was the COVID experience like other than the obvious? Uh, how, how did you guys fare through it? Um, we're here, we're alive. So that's great. Yep. The COVID experience was very, very intense. It's still intense for, for ownership across the country. It's not let up. Uh, you know, with how hard it is hiring now, it's a very intense thing. Sure. I think it became more viscerally intense for me because I was one of the founders of the Independent Restaurant Coalition. So okay. I was advocating for the bill that went live three weeks ago, the Restaurant Revitalization Fund. That was a, a lot put on that we digested it on our plates. It just meant for a year like, I hope I never have another year like that in the rest of my life. Right. Now, sort of uh, leading up to your book, tell me about sort of how, for you, Lee, how did that area, location, the food and the wine, like capture your imagination such that, you know, brought upon the book and I imagine your restaurant? Well, I um, I fell in love with Friuli 25 years ago as a sommelier, uh, how I'd study about wine. and I fell in love with the wines of Friuli over 25 years ago. And um, then... You know, 18 years ago, Lachlan and I decided to put in our notice at the French Laundry and open our restaurant. And Frosca Food and Wine is based on the cuisine of Friuli Venezia Giulia. So we just leaned all in, and that's become our North Star for almost two decades now. Wow. Of meditating about that region. And so when we wrote the book, the book is not a Frosca book, it's not your typical Frosca wrote a book about their restaurant. It's not that at all. It's much more like, uh, myself, Lachlan, uh, Meredith Erickson, who co-authored it with us, and William Hereford, the photographer, it's really uh, Frosca's love to Friuli Venezia Julia. It's really, it lets people travel to Friuli, understand the wine, understand the culture. It's very little about Frosca at all. Sure. So what to you when, uh, and I assume you think about this or you've thought about this over the last few decades at your restaurant, I imagine you had to sort of think about it, concentrate it into the book. Like, what are the elements of Friuli that you find, or, or maybe even that you're like, what, what do these people need to know about this place and why we love it so much? What were some of those elements? I mean, Friuli is a very special place because it's so undiscovered. Um, you know, it's it's tucked away next to Slovenia and up below Austria. It's very special where the people there are very warm. It's really an amazing situation. Now, as a, you said you fell in love as you were doing the Master Sommelier elements. What differentiates their wine, say, from other areas? Oh, well, I think one thing is anything goes and everybody's right. In a <laughs> sense, that is the rebirth place of Vini Macerati or Macerated Wine. So you could have a, someone who has a vision about wines that are macerated. You could have a wine that is crisp, clean, stainless steel fermented. You could have one that's big, powerful, and oak influence. And that's A-OK. -okay. That's, that's, uh, that's what it's about. 
So in terms of uh, it's differentiated in that, uh, would you say like elsewhere, it's it's pretty uptight. You got to do it by the books. And this is sort of like let your hair down location. Not in that sense. Okay. It's the fact that they are so individual. Got it. And they, they're so individual, but they're all not just because you, you make wine that's Dini Maserati, what people call orange wine. Okay. That is so different than a stainless steel focused wine, but they're both right. Okay. Both winemakers are right. Yeah. They both have their POV or point of view. Got it. That's what I mean by so different. Got it. So now if folks go and get this book and there are elements, there's, there's, uh, there's cookbook element inside of it. it, other than hopping on the plane and going there, where can they, where can people sort of participate in what, in the contents of the book? So maybe they make some of the recipes, but in terms of the wine, is the wine something they could go find regionally or? Yes. More so now than 15 years ago, but there is more wines of freely in the marketplace. And we kind of spell that out in the book. Awesome. Awesome. Now, uh, in terms of what is, as far as the food inside the book, are there elements that you think are all those elements in your kitchen as well? Yes, we focus. I mean, it's our North Star. We focus on Friuli. We focus on those wines. That is, it's the closest you can be in the U.S. to eating Friulana food is to go to Frasca. Awesome. Without getting on a plane going there. Now, is that in Denver or Boulder? I'm in, uh, Boulder. Boulder. Okay. So if you're ever in Boulder, head to Frasca. Now, I mentioned before we started, I happen to, to be starting a pizzeria here in, in my in my town. You opened a pizzeria. Can you tell me a little bit about like wanting, what was it about uh, your pizzeria that you wanted to start? You know, our restaurant, Frasca, is based on Friuli Venezia Giulia. It's very micro-focused on that region. 11 years ago, we had some employees that wanted to delve into Napolitana pizza. Okay. We moved our, our original chef of Pizzeria Locale, uh, Jordan Wallace, to Naples, Italy, wow. summer of 2010, so 11 years ago, in anticipation of us opening. And our pizzeria, Pizzeria Locale, is really based on the, the style of pizza of Naples. And he, I assume you did get him back. You sent him and then you... He did come yeah, back. Yeah. He still works for our company. Okay, good. Were you nervous at all at just sending him off and then maybe you just would never get him back? I would not really. Okay. <laughs> we knew what he was signing up for. Okay, good. Awesome. So in terms of that, I'd be curious, what would you tell me are the two most important things about the pizzeria you started? Like what, in terms of owning, what do you think are the most important aspects of it? Be ready to have fun with all ages of family members because okay. it's all family. Think okay. about a pizzeria. It's yeah. like it could be family soccer night in there. It could be date night all at once. Is that a little bit differentiated from from Frosca? Yes, got it. Frosca is more fine dining. You know, you you might not have thirty kids coming in after a soccer game. But, okay, yeah. right. Okay, okay, awesome, Bobby. Before I let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. Uh, do you have in terms of like, if folks wanted to know if they wanted to just spend a little bit of money? Uh, on a summer wine, what are what is your top two recommendations? Summer wine whites right now probably. Okay. Um, Metia Cirques Friulano. Okay. From Friuli, from a young winemaker named Metia Cirque. I think okay. it's delicious. It's got enough body to go with a grilled Bronzino, but it could go just as a porch founder, and that's spelled M I T I J A Cirque S I R K. I think I got that right. Remember, you're talking to a dyslexic guy. That was <laughs> yeah. a big struggle for me. That's right. 
Uh, that would be one. And then I always, you know, summertime, sitting in the backyard, I always like uh, having, having a, a glass of champagne, just some classic Blanc de Blanc. Pierre Peters always makes my day. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mr. Saki, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Folks can go get your book. I assume everywhere books are sold, it's available. Is there anywhere else you'd yep. want to send them? Website? I know you have bobbysucky.com, I think. Yeah, you can go, you can go to froscafoodandwine.com. Okay. Uh, you can always help out uh, uh, Jeff Be- Bezos on Amazon. He's always needs a little helping hand. You can come to Frosca and I can sign a copy for you. Perfect. You can meet me over in Friuli and pick up a copy at the Friulana Government Tourism Office there in Udine, wherever you like. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bobby. Take care. Thanks. Appreciate it.